0: Alrighty guys, welcome back to the Left of Straight Show interviews, the premier podcast that shares the stories of our amazing LGBTQ community and of course, fantastic straight allies, all from entertainment, foodies, books, music and advocacy. I'm your host as always, Scott Fullerton, and let's start talking.
1: Hi, I'm David. And I'm Alan. And we're the co-founders of Fruit Loots. So the name Fruit Loots came about because Alan and I were thinking about all of the things that inspired us as kids of a particular age. And we thought of, you know, obviously the cereal brands of our childhood, but then the idea that we could be two fruits that have really great loot was kind of like how the name came about, so spin that around however way you want to, but <laughs> that's how Fruit Loots went born. When people get a Fruit Loots box, they can really expect a lot of fun, whimsy, and humor built into our design. We really just wanted to capture a sense of nostalgia Every sleeve design is unique in and of itself. So it truly is one of those like Easter egg cereal box moments that we want everyone to experience when they receive a gift from us. So there are three easy ways for you to shop Fruit Loots. Number one, go online and shop our pre-picked curated gift boxes. All you have to do is pick the theme and then add your message and send it on its way. Number two is build your own box. You pick your gifts, you pick your gift wrap, and then you add your own personalized message to the box and then we send it on its way. And the third easiest way to shop Fruit Loots is just go on and shop for yourself. So by all means, go online, shop for all the really cool things that we have. There's a lot of great gifts on there for everyone and
0: for you. Hey everyone, today we're exploring the fascinating intersections of identity, creativity, and spirituality with my friend Sheena Metal, who's in studio with me. I've known Sheena as an artist, humanist, and spiritualist since way back when she was gracing the airwaves of LA Talk Radio, hosting the Sheena Metal Experience on the radio and in live events. Beyond the impressive career in radio, Sheena has been ordained as a reverend and deacon, showcasing her deep connection to spiritual studies. And as a psychic medium and energetic healer, she is currently bringing a unique blend of metaphysical insight and real-world experience to her work. Take a look.
2: Hi, and welcome to
0: Messages from Spirit, only on Parapod TV.
2: I'm your host, Sheena Metal. I'm a psychic medium and an energetic healer. And uh, I come to you live every Wednesday at 2 o'clock Pacific time from my home in Southern California. And here's what we do on the show. I'm a real psychic medium. And every week I talk to real people and then uh, they ask me real questions and I work to get real messages from spirit. And then we get them some real answers. We have a real conversation and hopefully get some real healing. Let's talk about, let's talk about a little something before every show. Before I start taking questions, let's talk about the importance of showing up. It's a new year, right? New Year, New Year's resolutions, um, new time to make promises to ourselves that we're going to become more of the person that we want to be. And not just for us and and for spirit, but also for the people in our lives that we love. So let's talk a little bit about showing up. Um, people ask me all the time, like, how did you get this? Or how did you get that? Or how do you have all these shows? Or... And I always say, it's so easy. I just just kept saying yes, and I kept showing up. Um, If you show up, eventually doors will open. Um, It's so important to show up, mostly for yourself, secondly, for universe, Um, thirdly, for the earth, And, and fourthly, for the people in your life that love you. We have an obligation to show up. We are not just meant here to float through this 70, 80, 90, 110 years that we have here on the earth and act like we don't give a hoot. We're supposed to be here um, performing our service. And part of that is showing up for your spiritual, emotional uh, responsibilities. Are you showing up?
0: Sheena, welcome back to the show, my friend. How you oh, doing?
2: Hello, my friend. It's so good to be here. I'm honored to be back with you.
0: I, it's been a while. I appreciate you taking the time. We've both been up to so much. I yes. took a lot of time off. You've been working twice as crazy as everybody. I, mean, I took no time off. <laughs> you are just nonstop, girl. Yeah. I tell you, go, go, go.
2: Yeah, there's well- so much to do.
0: I'm excited to talk to you again, since it's been a bit. Remind everyone, what got you into radio in the first place? I mean, you are over 25 years on LA Talk Radio and all over the place there. What kind right. of got you interested in that?
2: Do you know, I was doing a local television show that had gotten picked up by a network and was about to go into production with a production company. And the Northridge earthquake hit and ruined it, ruined their studio. They said called me, said, look, it could be a year, could be five years. We might just go out of business. It's a... million rebuild. And I had no idea what to do with myself. I was so distraught. And then uh, a couple of days later, a guy that I did, uh, he also did a local cable show and cable access with me, um, called me and said, I've got this radio show at two o'clock in the morning on Sunday. (laughs) <laughs> and I have a new girlfriend and she hates that I can never go out and do anything on the weekends. Um, I can never take a weekend off and go someplace. Do you want my show for a week? They'll probably fire you the next day, but at least you can say you did it. And I was like, oh, something for my acting resume. So I, I sat, I turned the microphone on and it literally was like that one of those hand of God moments, like the hand of God touches you moments. And right. um, the phone lines were full. And they called me the next morning and I'm like, God, I hope they're not calling to fire me because I loved it. And they said, we need to give you twice as much time. There's too many phone calls. And that was, um, well, August will be 30 years.
0: Amazing. I love that.
2: I've never left the radio since I've always had a radio job. Every minute, someplace or another since then.
0: Well, and you've augmented it too. I mean, like I said, such a success in the radio, but then you've gone to these live events. You've gone to hosting other people's events, acting on your own, helping other people. I mean, back in the day when I first started, I was kind of the king of uh, web series and you were hosting all these web series events and red carpets. You've been kind of helping the community out forever. What kind of got you involved in doing all that and taking it to the next level? I just say yes to everything. People just, I just, people say,
2: hey, would you like to? And I always say yes. And that's pretty much how I wound up in everything. And that's why I, I still do uh, the work in entertainment that I do now. People say yes. Do you want this? Sure. Um, when I started working in the spiritual world after my mom died, I thought, oh, this is going to be the end. I'm never going to work in entertainment again. But it really hasn't hindered, it hasn't hindered my entertainment career at all. People still ask me to do things. And for me, because I'm such a spiritual person, everything I did as an artist was always fueled by my spirituality. I always say now it's like I just like that Madonna tour where she wore her underwear on the outside. That's like (laughs) me now. I just wear my underwear on the outside where everybody can see it. But for me, separating spirituality and creativity, I've never been able to do that. So my life on the inside, looking out doesn't seem any different. It's just that now people see me wear some different hats and that's okay.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, I think people knew you, knew you well, knew you came from that base of spirituality. You came always. from that sense of giving always. You always had that sense of purpose. All mm-hmm. of us around you knew that at the time. But what kind of inspired the transition to bring it out into the public realm more and start engaging in the metaphysical realm with uh, with other people and starting engaging in that realm?
2: Well, it was, it was twofold, Scott. The first thing was that I started interviewing a lot of people that worked in the spiritual world and they would sort of call me out of the closet on shows like, but you're a psychic, right? And I'd be like, no, no, no. I'm just an intuitive. And it became like, it became sort of like that, um, you know, the if you've ever seen Waiting for Guffman, the Christopher Guest movie where, you know, he has this wife and she's obviously a fake beard wife and everybody's sort of just about it. I kind of felt like that, like everybody sort of knew, but me. So it was time to kind of come out of the closet and right in the midst of that, my mom, who was really the closest person in the world to me and was a brilliant psychic medium, she died. And one of the first messages that she gave me about an hour after she passed was now it's your turn. You got to do this. And Mm -hmm. so, um, in, uh, uh oh, on her birthday so about six months after she passed um i got the the message from spirit to found a non-profit movement of peace and love and kindness and unity to sort of carry on her teachings like to help other people with all the stuff i was raised with using all the things i was raised with and part of that package was that i had to become a minister which i thought was hysterical because i never in my life wanted to be a minister <laughs> Um, I left Orange County as a young person and ran to Los Angeles to get away from religion. And the other thing was that I needed to open my open my psychic practice. So I did both of those things. And and just it was like it was all meant to be like opportunity just kept falling in front of me. And I think when that happens in our lives, we know we're exactly where we belong. Right. When things just keep happening. Mm -hmm. And that's um, that's really it's really beautiful. It's been very effortless this entire thing.
0: Oh, I love that. And I think it's so great. You kind of have said that you refer to your belief system as kind of like a spiritual salad bar a little it's bit. I mean, kind of, A lot of stuff going on. I think that's yeah. so true for so many of us, uh-huh. right? We all give little bits and pieces from friends and relatives and things yeah. we experiment with. I love that.
2: Well, here's the thing I don't get. And this is the hard thing I think about spirituality and I think spirituality and religion also can be a very weighted question for those of us in the queer community. But like so let's say Scott, you and I go to Sizzler and I love that and I hope that happens someday for real. And and you know, uh, there are things on the salad bar I don't want, there are things on the salad bar you don't want, there are things we kind of feel sort of meh about, and then there are things we have to get when we go. And then we make our own plates and then we sit down in a restaurant where everybody has made their own plates and we all eat together and everybody's okay with it. But when it becomes mm. spirituality Suddenly it becomes this, well, if you're not just like I am, then there's something wrong with you. Like, why didn't you take the onions? Why aren't you eating the meatballs? And there's no reason we have to be that way. Because everything in life is a choice. And we have a choice to be whatever we want to be. And I think microcosmically we do that to each other in the queer community, right? Well, what letters are you? Why are you this? And why aren't you that? Let's just put a big old pink Q that's bedazzled and lit up and let it flash and glow and put it in the sky, like the North star, like the wise men saw, and then just allow people to identify however they want and understand that spirituality, you know, sexuality, gender. These are all things that are a spectrum. And just let people be where they fall and not make everybody try to be just like us.
0: Well said, my friend. Now, going back to the paranormal, I love how you say that you're a paranormal survivor. I mean, you talked yeah. about your mom had all of her gifts, but you had a lot of really kind of wild experiences growing up, right? Yeah. I grew up in a
2: horribly haunted house, like in Amityville Horror the conjuring kind of house. And that's how I got started. I was talking earlier about interviewing a lot of people from the spiritual world on my show Um, that came from um, all the paranormal reality shows starting and me seeing people talking about growing up in these houses that were just like the house I grew up in. And I never knew anybody who grew up in a house like that before. So I started inviting a lot of those people to come and be interviewed on my show kind of as therapy for me, so I could learn more about what it was about. And that's how I sort of wound up in the community. I thought originally I would tell the story that I, too, grew up in a house like that, really just to make them feel like I wasn't one of those skeptics that was going to have them on my show and then be a weirdo. Um, But what it wound up doing was people wanted me to start telling my story of growing up in that house. And that's sort of how I wound up in the paranormal and spiritual community, which led to me then being open about my own gifts and then starting my own spiritual life out loud that everybody knew about. So it it really, but that house was horrible. I mean, it was, we lived in fear that entire time. And my mom and I were terrified. My father was in complete denial and didn't until he was in his eighties admit that he had seen stuff there too. And, Mm. um, it was a very negative experience. And luckily he got transferred out here. And so that's that's why we got out of it. But then we came here to the house where I'm now living again in my childhood home in Southern California. And, you know, this house is on an Indian burial ground, so it wasn't as negative as that house, but it certainly was extremely active. And I do everything I can now to sort of ward it with salt lamps and selenite and black tourmaline and so that it doesn't, it isn't active because I don't ever want to have spirits in my house. I've had enough of that. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of places that are very active in the world and uh, in our country, and a lot of people are growing up, you know, silently silently uh, terrified in these houses, and they're scared to talk about it because of religion or what people will think or will they think I'm crazy? Uh, will we get kicked out of our church? I mean, there's a lot of different reasons. So that's part of what I've kind of just over the last five years or so really adopted that term paranormal survivor. And I I do it to help people. And uh, there's a network here, Parapod TV, uh, Roku Channel Network, which is where I currently do my uh, Sheena Metal Experience talk show. And I also do my um, Messages from Spirit, which is my show where I read for folks on the air psychically. I'm starting a new show for them this year called Confessions of a Paranormal Survivor, where I interview other folks who have been through the same thing so that people watching that have maybe never told anybody about what they've been through have, have a place where they feel safe to learn. Um, cause it's, it's a different kind of childhood trauma. I mean, we talk about all different kinds of things that can happen to kids that make them traumatized and growing up in a really awful haunted house is a, you know, I sleep with the light on and the TV on every night of my life. I always have, and I probably always will. So it's, you know, it's something that, that came with me, right. It's, and no matter how many houses I've been in, to investigate and how many things I've cleared and how many horrifying things I've seen Um, I'm not scared to go and do those things but I still at night sleep with a light on in my own home so
0: I can only imagine how that kind of shapes your experiences as an adult So
1: we're gonna try uh our friend actually made this so yay gay people it's vodka vodka soda wow, it's vodka sodas different flavors look mm-hmm. how cute this packaging is oh my god the cans are so cute, so in the- cute. <gasps>
0: oh
1: no, my god watermelon water 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 oh my you god I'll go for it. Oh shit. Oh, beers <laughs>
0: Now talk about this juxtaposition and how you balance this being a reverend a deacon. I mean you do a Saturday service every week, right. but now you ha- and you have this spirituality, but you also have this metaphysical side. How have you worked that together? Um, is is the followers, parishioners, or however whatever you call them, are they kind of in tune with that as well? Are you able to yeah. mix the two or is those two separate worlds for you?
2: I think it all mixes.
0: I consider everything that I do
2: spiritually to be part of my ministry. Um, all of it, my nonprofit, my work as a psychic, to me, it's all my ministry. When I got the offered the position at, uh, the founders branch of the MCC denomination, I know that that's a church that was founded over 50 years ago by folks who were predominantly from evangelical Christian churches that got kicked out of their churches for being part of the queer community. Um, And I understand a lot of those people fought very hard to be Christians, and I completely respect that. But um, I'm the interfaith pastor there, so Mm -hmm. I'm the one who's a little different, and my service is designed to, I call it a universal, light based love-filled service. So it's it's designed to appeal to everyone and also to bring more people that maybe didn't grow up Christian into MCC, because to me, MCC is what my mama used to call a y'all come church. I mean, it's predominantly Christian, but it really is for everybody. Mm. And um, I wanted more people, especially more people in the queer community that maybe had been, for one reason or another, scared out of their religions, to feel like it was okay to come back to a church that felt good. And I'm so thrilled that MCC and our senior pastor, Keith Mazingo, um, have trusted me to do this for, June will be five years I've been doing this service. Um, to have a place to go where I can uh, be a minister and I can be a pastor and um, I don't have to pretend there's not a part of me that's different or, and it's interesting because Keith grew up very evangelical and we're very good friends now. And we talk about, you know, he says like, well, the things that you say, when you say spirit, which is sort of the term I like to use for God, he says, that's very much like what we're taught in the church is the things the Holy spirit does. So I think in our knowing each other, I've come back now to where I identify as a Christian again. Um, for the first time in my life, I got baptized at MCC and uh, Keith did my baptism on my mother's birthday, which I think is a very fitting day. um, And I became a member of the church. I've never been a member of the church before. I've never taken communion and I've never been baptized. And now I've done all those things. So I'm more Christian than I've ever been. And he's probably become more metaphysical than he's ever been. And I think that's kind of beautiful because we're one human family and we need to not worry so much about the differences and find the commonalities uh, in us, because that's what's really going to save our species, I believe, is ours finding the places where we can identify with each other, you know?
0: Right. And thank goodness we have in these places like MCC and United Unitarian Churches Absolutely. and Open and Affirming. A couple of Baptist churches are doing it. And right. there's there's a lot of other people that are trying to include. Uh, it's not where it needs to be, which nothing is. But I mean, we're seeing a lot more availability for that because a lot of people are just cut off from their spirituality, right? When you're LGBTQ. I and I think now we're at, we're finding places where we can kind of. I'll learn to bring that back into our lives again. So I love that. Yeah. That's fantastic. And I think
2: MCC really kickstarted that. And now as you say, obviously all the metaphysical churches, the church of religious science and science of mind, um, you know, the universalists and the unitarians, a lot of the um Anglican episcopal churches, a lot of the Methodist churches, like you said some of the some of the um you know, confirming Baptist churches or uh, Presbyterian churches. And I believe in our lifetime, Scott, the Catholics will flip. And when the Catholic church flips, then it's going to open the floodgate for everyone. But I think in our lifetime that will happen. I'm kind of almost surprised it hasn't happened already with Pope Francis, because I certainly think that he is the most liberal and affirming uh, Pope that we've ever had. I think he's lovely.
0: Definitely. I think uh, just the, the amount of proclamations he's made so far has not been yeah. real popular with it. the Catholics, but they are very progressive and it's kind of nice to see. So yes. you're right. Yes. I can see that happening. Now, talk about how you work working as both a pastor and your work in the metaphysical realm. Mm-hmm. How do you use that to impact the LGBTQ community? Oh, goodness. Uh
2: Well, I I hope that I use my work as a pastor to, uh, one of my biggest loves is to help bring folks in the LGBTQ plus community back to their spirituality. Because just because people told you that God didn't love you, um, that's people. That's not God. A religion is basically just a fan club for God. And um it's like if there was a Taylor Swift fan club and they decided to say, Well, Taylor Swift said, I love Satan. Well, that doesn't mean Taylor Swift said that. That just means the <laughs> the fan club said that. And right. I think we have to think of religion as not the word of God, but a fan club for God, which is lovely. There should be many fan clubs for God because God is lovely. But um I, I get very happy when people in the in the queer community come back to uh, their Their spirituality, because I think spirituality is such a, it's such a compass for us. It's a guide for us. It's grounding for us. Um, it feels good to have, feel light within you. And I think it's something that just makes your life better. And it makes me sad sometimes when people feel like they're not allowed to have that because of what other people have told them. Um, but then I love the work that I do for MCC because it's been so impactful for the LGBTQ plus community for so many, many decades. And uh, also I'm on the board of directors for the Lavender Effect, which is a um, LGBTQI plus historical society. I never know how many letters I should say. Should I say all (laughs) the letters? There's always more. Um, uh, And um, uh, also I think in the metaphysical world, I'm very out. Uh, I have been my whole life. So I sort of shine as an example um, to help bring people together. You know, I have clients that are from the Deep South. I have clients that are deeply evangelical. I have clients that are deeply conservative politically, yet they know exactly who I am and what I am and what I do. And I hope that just knowing me opens up their minds a little bit to the fact that different kinds of people exist on the earth and we all belong here and we're all loved by God. and also i hope it teaches all of us to be a little less judgmental i mean i think even those of us who claim to be progressive or liberal sometimes can be very judgmental against those that aren't you know all christians are bad all republicans mm-hmm. are bad i hate when i hear things like that come from my progressive friends because uh liberalism is supposed to be about the acceptance of everyone not another kind of us and them you know what i mean so i hope i i hope i help to expand people's minds in in that direction and um i think every openly queer person who's doing something awesome uh just puts more awesomeness into the community and um i do everything i can to include um members of the community where i can to do as many queer focused things as i can to do as many um, female empowered things as i can um And I love to have the MCC name behind what I do because I believe so much in that church and and the people. I'm so proud to be a part of the Founders Church. The pastors are all so wonderful and the congregation is wonderful.
0: I love that. What has been maybe your most profound or unexpected experience, both as a pastor and in the metaphysical realm, with with a client? I think in the in the pastoral world, the first time somebody called me
2: pastor. So I I was at MCC and I had been doing my services. Well, our anniversary. I got ordained. On, um. Excuse me. I got confirmed as a church member on the anniversary of MCC in October of uh, 2020, 2019. So I've been doing my service for June, July, August, September. I've been doing my service for five months. And so I was relatively new there. And I was there. um, I got up and I spoke a little bit about how my service was going to be the next week during our Sunday service. And then I got confirmed as a church member that day. And I remember as I was walking out of the church, people kept stopping me and saying, like, good morning, Pastor. How are you, Pastor? I love what you said, Pastor. And coming from somebody who sort of escaped from the very conservative Orange County, California, wouldn't even say the word God and ran to Los Angeles in, in search of <laughs> religious freedom. Um, I never thought in a million years, it would fill my heart with joy to have people call me Pastor. But right. it, it is an amazing thing for me. and. um Uh, it's that, that I think tickled me. And then of course, um, to be baptized, my mother never had me baptized, Scott. She felt like that was a decision I should make when I was an adult, that you shouldn't impose that on a child. And I thought I would never, she said, someday you'll find the church where you belong and you will not be able to wait to get baptized. And I was, you know, in my fifties, I thought, well, that's never going to happen. I'm already in my fifties. And then, um, a friend of mine, Reverend Steve Peters, who's recently passed, whom I love so much, who got me into MCC. He took me to a service and I got confirmation for the first time with our senior pastor, Keith Mazingo, who I'd met on my radio show a couple of weeks before. And I remember seeing the people listening to the music and thinking, Mom was right. Now I know where I belong. And so um, that next year. I said to Keith, what do you think about? Turned out November 9th, my mother's birthday, was the night of my Saturday night spiritual service. And I said, what do you think about me getting baptized? And um, he said, let's do it. So we did it during my service. And that was something I never, ever thought I would do. So that's mm. and that's, that's a big deal.
0: Yeah, it is. that's so cool.
2: When you I get don't... to that old, think yeah, something well... about you, you know? And I think with clients every day, I see them grow. I see them shed the darkness within them. Some of them have horrible problems with allowing spirit attachments in and entities in and, um, or, you know, feeling like they need to be ashamed of their own psychic gifts. And, uh, every day I work, every day I work with a client, I learn something. I had a friend that was a healer and she had this wonderful expression. When you give a healing, you get a healing. And it's true. Every time you work to heal someone else, God comes and heals you. And so every single time when I work with a client, I learn something new. I I get a new sort sense of enlightenment from them. I learn from them as they learn from me. And then I get some kind of a wonderful healing from it. So it's the most wonderful thing in the world. I, I can't even tell you what it feels like to heal people every day. It's so beautiful.
0: That's fantastic. Now, how do you approach a skeptic? Say you get a feeling of someone nearby and you really want to be able to offer some advice or someone has booked a service with you. And of course, their best friend has to come because they don't <laughs> believe in any of this. Sure. How do you how do you work with that and try to get that energy up and kind of get through the skepticism of it?
2: You know, I don't feel like I'm here to prove to anybody that what I'm doing is legit. Mm. Um People have to find their own way to things. I just present as a very, uh, I think, authentic person in general. And what people choose to believe past that is is really their own thing. You know, I've been out since I was 18. And um, I think I've always been that way as a queer person, too. I never felt like I had to push my queerness on people or prove to people why it was right or prove to people why it was queer. I just always sort of was. And I think that energy helps people to believe more than if you're constantly trying to prove to people. Like I've seen psychics in situations where almost like comedians with hecklers, right? Where they're like obsessed with the one person who doesn't believe. And they're trying so hard that it almost seems like they're trying too hard. And I think when you seem like you're trying too hard, then people wonder, well, what's wrong with you that you're trying so hard to prove to me you're real? So I just don't. If the friend comes and the friend is skeptical, or there's someone who's skeptical, I'll kind of say a little something to them. And then I'll go back to the person. And usually it's something where I did a show last night, um, a great show with a bunch of guys, and I could tell there were some skeptics there. And they were showing me some of the, what I like to call the dog and pony show questions, like, well, mm-hmm. how do we know? Blah, blah, blah. And you know what? I just I just answer. But I answer like it's not a big deal. I don't answer with a chip on my shoulder. Because I think if you're if you put yourself in confrontation with skeptical people, it just makes it seem like there's something wrong with you. And it, I think the the best thing when there's a situation like that, my mama taught me this, you sort of she used to call it you, you take the oxygen, out. you stop fueling the fire. And right. you do that by not attacking them for being skeptics, but
0: just by letting them see you work and see what you do. Nice. I like that. Well, we gotta start wrapping it up. What advice would you give to those exploring their own spiritual path or maybe starting to feel where their psychic abilities are, are becoming a little stronger? What what do you say to these type of people?
2: Absolutely do open yourselves up and start having conversations with God and believe. When you get the answers, that those are the answers. Don't let yourself be a skeptic with yourself and Mm. talk yourself out of it. And meditation is great. Working with crystals is great. You know, take classes, um, book sessions with a spiritual counselor like me, ask questions um, and believe in yourself. Because if you're being shown something, there's a reason why you're being shown that. Uh, You know, God's not going to say, hey, here's your psychic gift. Oh, just kidding, loser. It's, you know what I mean? <laughs> if you're being shown something, there's a right. reason why you're being shown that thing. And it's because you're sort of being called into active duty, right? You're being activated to start using those gifts for something. So believe oh. in them,
0: you know? Well said. Sheena Metal, it's so great to have you back on. We got to have you back on. We could speak a little longer. I'd this love has it. been absolutely amazing. Thank you. For you have it. a fantastic website. Let them know where yeah. they can find that and where they can find a lot of your shows, um, either where you're pastoring on Saturdays or where they can find your spiritual shows on YouTube sure. or something. Uh,
2: my spiritual service is called Saturday Night Spiritual. It's the second Saturday of every month at five o'clock Pacific time uh founders is my church website and saturdaynightspiritual.com is our community site um, if you want to go back and watch some old broadcasts of the show and some of the sermons uh it's rev sheena founders my website is SheenaMetalSpiritual.com. you can find out all that information there um, all my shows are there. I'm currently doing two shows for the Parapod TV network. All my radio shows are on iHeartRadio.com. And um, I'm on uh, social media everywhere at Sheena Metal. Uh, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and X. And uh, text me if you want. I give my phone number out for anybody who feels like they want to reach out and say hi. It's 818-818. 437-0886. Yes, I I just gave you my actual cell. So, text me <laughs> and say hello. I would love that. And um I just think it's so important we all stay connected. So, I give my phone and we're out on the internet.
0: Amazing and agreed. Thank you, Sheena Metal. Stay on the line for me. Guys, we're going to have a special five questions next week with Sheena, so be sure to be on the lookout for that. Check out her website. Watch her videos. Absolutely amazing. She has a fantastic shop on her website where you can find candles and other great gifts, so be sure to look for that. We'll be back next time. You're listening to Left of Straight interviews right here in the Left of Straight Podcast Network. Bye bye, everyone. Thanks for
1: listening to The Left of Straight Show. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast distributor and please give us a five-star rating so more listeners can find us. You can follow us on social media and be sure to check out our website, www.leftofstraightradio.com, for contests and other news and information.
0: See you next week.